What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid podcast number 22. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Doing well. I, I need you to wish me luck because in a couple hours, I'm going to be uh, taking a one-year-old and a two-year-old to their first soccer game. Oh, I'm sorry, football game. Uh, <laughs> I, it's either going to be the best thing ever or it's going to be the, I don't know. It, it'll be well, a I'll, I won't wish you luck, but I'll congratulate you because oh. that is a big moment for you in your life. And yeah, I'm, hopefully I'll have that too in, in, in the years to come. But we have a lot to talk about in the Champions League front, right? And last week, what happened with my prediction about Sporting? Like, I felt embarrassed all of a sudden seeing our TikTok like speed and just popping up with this with this screen subtitle video this is the sporting oh yeah. my days yeah like yeah. what are your thoughts on that game <laughs> well well i mean i think the comments actually ended up answering it on its own uh there was only one player that was not there right and it was noon mensch he was not there uh he had he had uh you know he's off in paris uh, they didn't have a great time either midweek um but hey that's got to be the answer now i mean you you would know why uh, mm -hmm. more, more than I would, but yeah, a five, one drubbing to start your uh, champions league group stage. That's, that's not good. Not good at Look, all. There, there is a justification though. Like, okay. I'm not going to say it's the total justification of, of sports and losing five, one, but the truth is coach, the captain didn't play. Okay. He's the main voice of the team. He's the leader of the team. And then you have the leader that doesn't speak with his voice, but what, but, but with how he plays sure. and that is put. Okay, sure. but is the leader with his actions, the goals, the assists. He wasn't there. The top goal scorer of Sporting didn't play. So I'm not just I'm not saying that that is enough to justify. Right. And Gosalinasu, yeah, uh, got injured uh, yeah. right at the start. Yeah. Okay. So the I, the situation wasn't very clear, but we do have something to blame after the five one, and yeah. that is Ruben Emery needs to sign center backs. There was a clear notice that Sporting don't have enough centre-backs in their team. Yes. So if there's anything from that 5-1 loss that I would criticise Ruben Emery, it's from not having enough centre-backs in the team. Can they, uh, can they yank Karezma uh, back or no? <laughs> Edu, uh, like, I, I, I'd let him in Tondela. Okay? Yeah. He'll improve a lot there. And But Edu, like he, he'd seem good now. He'd be good to have, but... Fair enough. Yeah, well, therefore, I, I, and I want to mention another player in that game, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony, uh, the Ajax right winger. Yeah. Anthony is ready. Okay. I am not expecting to see Anthony next year at Ajax. No. He's too good to stay. He's too yeah. good to stay. Well, we we also got to put some uh, respect on the name of Sebastian Haller, right? Four <laughs> goals in one game. Uh, I think that puts him up there with uh, with some esteemed company in the form of Marco Van Basten. And I believe it was his Champions League debut too, but scoring four goals, one game. Um, and then, I mean, for Ajax to come back and follow that up with a nine-zip win over the I, weekend, that's ridiculous. 14 goals in two games. That was insane. That was insane, that, that game. That, like 9-0. Yeah. So they scored 14 goals, Ajax. Yep. In the space of like five days. Yeah. And, and <laughs> here's, here's the best part of this, Alex. The best part of this whole thing is Sebastian Holler, when he was signed from West Ham last year, they forgot to register him for Champions League football. 
And here he is. It's unbelievable. But you remember that did that 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 managed to show how good Brian Broby was That's true. at the time. We were really happy about that, I remember. Just in time for him to leave in a free, right? <laughs> Off the Red Bull Leipzig. So uh no, well, I mean Ajax Ajax are they were clinical. I mean, they were mm-hmm. absolutely clinical. When they got a chance, they put the ball in the net. So uh, yeah, but you're right. Uh, sporting is it is it salvageable? That's the question. I mean, hey, five five goals given up, but it only happened in one game. If they can, um... and it's not easy. Like Besiktas won't be an easy game, oh. nor Dortmund, of course. Dortmund right. will pass, but and let, we can mention now Dortmund. Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> days like Jude Bellingham is now dominating in the Champions League he's not now like last year he was already with the with the with that screamer cold picture after that celebration uh, in the quarterfinals but this year like that goal I don't know he seems better and that is scary okay that is scary it's funny like I don't I don't know who hurt him or why he feels the way he does but he plays with such a chip on his shoulder um that you, you just, you feel like this is like some grizzled veteran that, um, I don't know, has been mistreated by his team. The way he just <laughs> all over the field, he's proving a point in every play. Um, and he becomes the, what, the youngest player to ever, I think, score in consecutive Champions League games, beating a certain Kylian Mbappe by a week, I think. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you, that is a kid's 18 i don't i don't get it and now we're doing this again last week we were talking about 18 year olds now we're talking about virts musiala and bellingham again again carrying their teams in many respects and it's it's amazing it's amazing but but we can talk about the kids that are the future which are carrying the teams and we can talk about the underdogs too which something happened okay in switzerland which we weren't expecting. Man United losing yeah. to Young Boys. Oh my goodness. Okay? Yeah. For me, any Man United fan watching that game, they say to themselves, Ollie out. Yeah. The moment you're switching Cristiano and putting Lingard, mm-hmm. and Lingard is the assist to the goal. Okay, this is... I don't know who's speaking, but someone is speaking to the Man United fans saying, this is not your man. This yeah. is not... Your man, in my opinion, okay. Yeah, no, but yeah, I, it, yeah. I, it's completely understandable for people to think that, right? <laughs> I mean, you need a goal, and you take Cristiano Ronaldo off. That makes, I don't care whatever way you want to try and justify that. In fact, if that was Sir Alex Ferguson, I bet you people they might not be going, you know, saf out, but <laughs> people would be questioning that decision unless, of yeah. course, Ronaldo comes out and says, "I don't know, I was playing on a broken leg or something." You don't take the man out that will score the game winner. It's just that simple. And sure enough, it was an American that winds up scoring the match winner. And the what? A little later on, Jordan Sabachu, sorry, Jordan Pifak, um, scores that match winner. But uh, I don't know, man. Ronaldo standing, shadowing OGS afterwards, like basically coaching the team from the sideline afterwards. That tells you all you need to know about what Ronaldo thought about getting subbed out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, so Man United fans, like, it's, I think it's a serious, serious thought now. Like, they're thinking about a substitution. Like, I, I, in my opinion, because the reactions that I'm seeing of Cristiano, like, they're not normal. I'm seeing Cristiano do this. 
Yeah. I'm seeing Cristiano do this. Yeah. I'm see I'm seeing Cristiano react all the ways that you shouldn't <laughs> to a manager. Okay. Yeah, so this is a prediction here. And mentioning underdogs, we mentioned young boys. Now we have to mention Sheriff. Yep. Okay. What happened, Shakhtar? Like that was that was that was a surprise there. Like I wasn't expecting Shakhtar to lose points, especially in Moldavia. Well, so and, big and respect. Also, also in a in a pretty lopsided fashion. I mean that 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 was a solid defensive performance and pretty clinical in the offense. But uh, as they say in our Westerns, there's a new sheriff in town. And <laughs> sheriff, I, I'm sorry, that was just terrible. But That was uh, a good one. I that mean, was a good fun. <laughs> 5,200 people there. I mean, you got this small setting. You got this, uh, this Moldovan club that has just been waiting all of these years. Um, they got nothing to lose. And they're going to give it everything they got. Yeah, they've got some – much stiffer competition coming up, but to see them win two zip, it's simply amazing. I mean, that's why you have the champions league, mm -hmm. but then there's all sorts of like lopsided scores that we look at like nine zip and seven, one and six, one or whatever that happened this past week that you're kind of like, eh, okay, maybe, maybe we want super league back too, but no sheriff that, that was an amazing win. And I, and I don't know, maybe they will be dangerous, but you were mentioning their 7-1, 8-1, big results. And I was thinking, well, I remember Bayern Barcelona a couple of years ago. And what <laughs> happened? We had a Bayern Bar Barcelona Bayern uh, last Champions League and no shots on target for Barcelona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely that. exposed against German efficiency. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like Barcelona have no chance to win the league. I'm already saying it. Like playing like that. No chance. So you like you've revised. You have now revised your La Liga. Then then you have them like no. scraping it out or no? I had with Messi. Oh, right, okay, okay, that's it's right. Like that little, it's that, little thing that happened. It was like I'd say even Depay. I we like it kind of butchered Depay playing with Messi. Okay, yeah. I'm not saying I would be hyped to see that, but Barcelona would have wouldn't have been so bad as people were picturing them this season with Messi. But without them, like, ah, no predictions there. Like, I don't even know if they can get maybe top three in La Liga. Just for you to see how bad I think they'll be. Yeah, okay? I think the only, only silver lining you got there is that, you know, guys that we've wanted to see play, Gavi and uh, Alejandro Balde, they all got their Champions League debut. That's pretty much the only silver lining we could put on Barcelona's back here. Um, but it, it felt, yeah, with a messy exit, it felt like the decline was inevitable. Memphis Depay is going to win them some games here and there, but being able to provide a game plan around Memphis Depay to minimize his effect is a lot easier than trying to contain a Leo Messi, right? Now, Club, Club Bruges did contain Leo, Leo Messi. Contain, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put Leo Messi in quotation marks. Um, but before we go there, we do have to heap a little more respect on Robert Lewandowski. I mean, yeah. 10 games for club and country, He's either registered a goal or an assist, and that's in a row. And he's just – he's doing it again. So I know that there is this wonderful rat race between Erling Holland and Robert Lewandowski, but Lewandowski is going to go down as uh, uh, one of the best strikers of all time. I, yeah. mean, I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable what he does and with what efficiency. And obviously, it's the, the Kimmich, it's the, 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 the Mullers around him that are providing him with these opportunities. And every time he gets it, he just puts it up, puts it in. That um, is very true. Very good. Um, take. Like Lewandowski will be remembered as a legend. Yeah. 
but like it's therefore but like i even Bayern though i still feel like they'll have to go through a rejuvenation process sure. with like muller like i i love him but i do feel like there there's going to be a rebuild there and musiala is going to mm-hmm. be the leader i'm i'm hyped i'm hyped with Bayern. As you should be, as you should be. It's and another rebuild that I would, I'm quite, I'm not. Ver- it's a rebuild. It's the Galacticos rebuild. Okay, yeah. that is happening. It's in motion, and Rodrigo scored the goal with the assist, yep. the assist of Eduard Camavinga. Okay, yep. that is already showing himself in uh, at Real Madrid. Yeah. Okay, and that is amazing. He's he's arrived, and now he's yeah. already showing himself. I mean, even Ancelotti so... came out and said. I have been very surprised at the impact Camavinga has made the moment he's come, walked in the door. And that that there tells you all you need to know because once again, we're talking about an 18-year-old. <laughs> On the Champions League stage, late minutes, serves it up to, uh, I mean, that was all him. Serves it up, I, I believe, who was the pass from? Valverde also. So mm. you had Valverde to Camavinga to Rodrigo and boom. I mean, that, that, that could be something you're going to be seeing. It's also seeing Vinicius do pretty dang well over his last few games for Real Madrid. Hey, who knows? Maybe they're waking up some. It's it's the Mbappe talk. The Mbappe talk increases Rodrigo's stock, Vinicius' yeah. stock. They're all thinking, okay, we need to perform now. Mbappe's coming. Yeah, Mbappe right. is coming. Like, it's, yeah. it's the pressure. It's the added pressure that involves. But yeah. Camavinga scored in his La Liga debut. And had a winning assist in his Champions League debut for Real Madrid against Inter. What? Yeah. Like, he's, he's living the dream. He's yeah. living the dream. Absolutely. Yeah. And another player that's living the dream, and I have to mention it, okay, because he was subbed in in that, in that match with the PSG Club Bruges. Yep. And there's a lot of wonder kids we have to mention there, okay? We got in the Club Bruges team, and we have in the PSG team. But someone come, came off the bench and absolutely destroyed the Club Bruges team. And that was Nunminch. Okay? <laughs> we had the answer there. We were getting tagged like mad saying, Oh, see, he's really good. Guys, we've warned you many times. Yeah. He needs to start. It's not Ahmad Diallo. Okay? It has to be... Uh, it has to be... Um, Abdul Diallo. It has yeah. to be... Um, Nunminch, like he's a proper left back, and that's why he's arrived. So, it's, let's see, it's, hey, I'm, I'm uh, hyped. Hey, but Club Bruges, I don't, I don't think he was the best player on that field all game. I know he got subbed in. Mm-hmm. Charles de Ketelaer, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're gonna have to remember him. This is this is yep. the number ten of Belgium's future. Um, I mean, does he have the agility that an Aiden Hazard does? No, I mean, does. He, but he's all around just progressing at a pretty rapid uh, pace. And he certainly deserves a fair shout because he was the one of the best players on the field versus PSG yes. in front of Leo Messi, holding them to a draw. And then even better, this weekend, he scores a 93rd-minute match winner and just leading them all over the place in um, in Belgium. So mm-hmm. he, I think, sandwiched in between there too. Him and Noah Lang, two of the best right now in Belgium, period. Sign a new contract long-term, which virtually guarantees that when somebody does come in for him, and we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, over the next six months or so, who comes in for him, that they will get a very, very nice fat check for doing so. But Charles de Ketelaer was, I mean, to stand out on, on a pitch that Messi's on, that's pretty impressive. I agree. And he's very versatile. 
Charles. He's very versatile. Very good dribbling. Very good passing ability. Every time I see him play, he's like in a new position. I've seen him playing at nine. I've seen him play at winger. I've seen him play at cam. Like every time I see Kubrich play, new position for him. Yeah, but he's Noah, walking. Noah Lang. Yeah. You mentioned mm -hmm. like Club Bruges saw a project with Noah Lang, a player that was unfortunately had bad luck with injuries, and they said, "Look, we can make this guy much better." So I'm I'm liking it. It's a good policy they have there. So Club Bruges, they're doing a they're doing a good job there. It's it's a wonderful. I mean, Ajax has had so much success over the years, obviously developing players mm -hmm. so much that they've developed excess talent. And you could make a very, very solid 11. In fact, if you want to do it in the comment section, that'd be wonderful because I'd like somebody to aggregate this stuff. But you can make a very nice 11 of players that Ajax has let walk for cheap. Um, I'm not going to do it here because I didn't prepare. Uh, but but Noah Lang is, you know, first and foremost, I, he's just been very impressive for them this year. But yeah, Charles de Ketelaer being t basically walking tactical flexibility uh Noah Lang it just doesn't care who he's playing against he's going to have an impact and Club Bruges is, is like the Anderlecht of old and you want to see Anderlecht get back to that but Club Bruges is uh, very very dominant in Belgium right now aside from that weird like 6-1 loss earlier this year but hey they've gotten through that um we'll see what what comes with them uh group stage wise but I gotta say I have to ask you just one question because he's impressed me every time I've seen him so far this year and you know more about him how, have you been as impressive as I have been about Morato and what he's done for Benfica? Uh, I love, I, I really want to say I'm a big, big fan of Morato. Okay. And he was actually the player that I had most high expectations for Benfica this season mm -hmm. because of how he played in the youth league. Okay. okay. So I had high expectations there. Is he uh, performing to standard? He is. Is he a player like Ruben Diaz right now? He isn't. Do yeah. I think he'll be in two years' time? I'm not sure, though, Breton. Okay? Uh -huh. He's a very good talent, but I still need to see consistency. Okay? And passing consistency, leadership skills. Uh, do I... <laughs> I'm very, uh, I don't know. I, he's performing very well, but I wouldn't say he's the best center back in, uh, in Liga Notch. But he's, he's performing very well very, okay. for the expectations. They mm -hmm. bought him for like six, seven million. And I think Muratu is developing himself to a, a 30 to 40 million, the Oof. least. Yeah. Wow. But okay. they're playing in a three center back scheme too. Okay. Yeah. So Otamendi, Vertogen. So he's learning too with all these young, play uh, young players, these, these experienced players Old at box, Benfica. Yeah. And Georges Zouj isn't an easy coach for you to just go and be slotted in as a youth player. Okay. okay. Portuguese listeners know youth players is very hard to cement yourself with Georges Zouj. Okay. So and Muratu is doing that. So that, right. he must be doing something very right in training sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, would, I would expect him to sign a new contract at some point in the near future to make sure that when the time comes, he does. Because I think, what is it, 2023? Maybe you're going mm. to sign a new one recently. Um, it's, it's him and Tomás Okay. Tomás would be the equivalent to uh, Murat last season in Youth League. Okay? So, right. so Befica needs to... They'll, they'll, they'll be betting on these two players, I'd say. In the, Very good. Well, well, I definitely had one more that, that we have to talk about. Um, He's on the cusp of being over 23, and, and frankly, Manchester City destroyed Red Bull Leipzig and any chance that they had 
um, to, to even mount the comeback. But there was certainly one guy leading the way for Red Bull Leipzig, and that was Christopher Nkunku. I mean, 23, hat trick. I, I'm, I'm up there and feeling like this kid actually deserves some time with Les Bleus, right, with France, mm-hmm. um, okay. because he's been pretty consistently dangerous. The, the bigger issue right now with Leipzig is uh, I don't know how much support Jesse Marsh is conjuring up. Um, there's actually been, like, leaks about how they don't, appreciate the, the the tactical inflexibility that that marsh provides and uh that's the largest problem um but in Kunku, man putting three past manchester city that, that is a big part problem there with jesse marsh like if they don't think tactics wise and red bull is all about that data analysis yeah. okay so if they don't think the data is matching their their expectations they'll they'll cut fast but uh i agree in cuckoo uh and cuckoo should well at least be in like the the, um, the talk Pool. to be considered sure. for the blue for yeah. sure but i don't think it will be at rb leipzig breton so it's i i think he'll maybe move to the prem next That'd be interesting. uh la liga mm, it, it's hard fit i don't know it's mm, yeah it, it, i feel like for him to go to the French national team, he'll have to leave RB Leipzig, unfortunately. That's, I mean, that's probably true. But, but I was doing the same thing you were doing, trying to figure out what his next step would be. And I, I can't think of a proper team uh, for him because he's, he's interesting, right? He's mm-hmm. kind of like an enigma with this. And uh, he's, a, you know, just like we can make a list of Ajax castoffs um, and form a really good 11, you could do the same with PSG. I'd compare him with Leon Bailey type. He's the he's a good player, yeah. and he he'd add a lot of quality. I'd compare him with Leon Bailey. Like right. he would go to an Aston Villa type team, that, Everton that, that type. I think Everton would be would have been a very good fit for Nkuku. instead of Luis Diaz. I was only seeing Luis Diaz Everton, Luis Diaz Everton, and Cuckoo would have been a very good fit. And I think thirty million they could have snatched him up. Yeah, probably. So yeah. that's yeah. A, that's a quick that's a quick suggestion right there. There you go. <laughs> I, I think we got the the Champions League talk um, talk, talk wrapped up. Uh, yeah. Any anything you really want to mention? No, no. I mean, I, I think we hit all the ones. Uh, I'm sure we missed some, but I, I just <laughs> hey, Champions League. Is... I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not going to mention that Porto again. <laughs> Who? Who? Like Porto had a penalty. Like like they scored a goal, and it was like uh, it, it wasn't VAR. VAR came in. Oh, and it was, okay. I, I didn't so, catch that. Yeah, that, that's... that happened. Taremi, Mehi Taremi. So yeah, that, so Porto would have would have won in Atletico. So, so yeah. So Europa League. Europa League. I mean, I, I think I think you almost got to start with a guy named the Florian Beards. Napoli, right? Ooh, oh, the Florian okay. Beards. We could, There's two big games there. It's I mean, the yeah, but Beards. But yeah. yeah, we could start with Virts because I mean, it's, he's a phenom. He's the youngest we're going to talk about here, and at 18 years old. Well, actually, no, I know you. I know you got. I know you got mm-hmm. one that you're going to talk about. But Florian Virts, and I'm just watching him do it right now. Uh, earlier against, uh, I want to say it was against Stuttgart. Yeah, against Stuttgart, he delivered another goal, another assist. Midweek, kid has another goal. I mean, I don't think there's been a game yet where he hasn't registered a goal or an assist. And he's just so impressive in terms of, um, you know, how he's able to make an impact in such a small package of time. He is now officially a starter. 
he went from being worked into things and now he's just kind of changing the game from the get-go uh but yeah hey this this hungarian team i don't know how to say their name uh do you know how to say it Ferenc Ferenc Veros? <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say it the same way as you, mate. But you're talking about that Leverkusen team, and you'd highlight Fiertz, but when I, I remember, I saw a couple of highlights, and, and all those highlights, I was saying, I remember this kid from Celtic, and that is go. Jeremy Frimpong. Yeah. Two assists. Yeah. Okay. And I went to see the stats, and he had two assists, and then he had four key passes. Yeah. So I can't imagine how lethal he must be attacking wise at the right. But this is a very good talent for the Dutch fans to look yeah. out because there was all this talk with Sergino Dest, Sergino Dest, and they really wanted him for that Dutch national team, which is understandable. Sure. But Jeremy Frimpong is a very nice solution. And I do think he might be the, the short term and long term solution for that Dutch team. I mean, that, so... that stock is rising fast, that's for sure. And th- those two assists, he obviously assisted uh, Wirtz's match winner in that game. Um, but but the more poetic thing about this is I believe Leverkusen's next game is against Celtic at Celtic Park. So Jeremy Frimpong is going to get a chance to um, assist a goal and maybe not celebrate. I don't know. Um, I don't know how. I, I think most people really enjoyed him in his time mm-hmm. at Celtic. Uh, certainly gave him a window to showcase himself. Um, but yeah, that, that move, that relatively cheap move to Bayer Leverkusen was a, was a bit of a surprise. And what I love about Leverkusen that we've talked about previously and why I have them as kind of a dark horse uh, to do really well in the Bundesliga is just they're, they're, they're playing FM, right? I mean, Wirtz, Frimpong, Ezekiel Palacios, um, come on, help me out. Musa Diaby still young. Uh, the Piero uh, Hincapi. Even getting Patrick Sheik. Like... Yeah, even even getting Sheik. I mean, it just feels like they know what to do and they're willing to showcase their youth. Um, but uh, sometimes it works for them. Sometimes it works against them. Midweek, uh, it certainly worked for them. Uh, this weekend, it certainly worked for them. So we'll see. But yeah, Frimpong, that's a good, a good shout because I know his stock is rising uh, all across the board. People are starting to call in for a, a call-up for him. Although you can then talk about how good Denzel Dumfries has been for Inter Milan, mm-hmm. too. Um, but but from Pong, yeah. that's, that's a good shout. Yeah. Dumfries is the starter after those Euros, but, like, I'd say he's... I, I But I do see a ceiling with Dumfries. I hate, I hate saying ceiling with players because <laughs> I do believe everyone can achieve everything. But... Uh, I think Frimpong might be might be the the world class player maybe in the future. So we're talking about we've Netherlands, and I actually saw a Europa League match, which was PSV against Real Sociedad, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, Mario Götz really has rejuvenated his career at PSV. He had a goal and an assist. He's the complete maestro of the team. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about Mohamed Iataran. Had, uh, that has gone to Juventus. Everybody talks about Mario Götze now at yeah. PSV. So he's deserved it. And the style of play is putting a player like Cody Gakpo playing lights out. Yeah. So Mario Götze is putting players like Cody Gakpo, like everyone around, much better. So that justifies the signing. And Nori Maduke too. So, yeah. Because those diagonal passes at the right time that Mario Götze does to the wingers, they're key 
key for that PSV play. Yeah, and it's, so it's working out. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and and that that was a kind of a perfect. Hopefully, it wasn't a pinnacle of what PSV can provide because I just saw uh, them against Feyenoord this weekend. Looks like they lost four zip. So something yeah. came down to earth there, but yeah, Goetz has been absolutely phenomenal for them. Um, and yeah, Matawake, Gakpo, you're hitting all the right players. Uh, but, but Feyenoord apparently just dismantled them. And it was uh, Luis Sinistera, um, a 22 year old that, that helped them do that. But um, I think they'll be okay. I think PSV will bounce back the same way Club Rouge bounced back after their six one. Um, one other guy I, we, we have to bring up because you mentioned it early. The Napoli versus Leicester game was certainly some form of entertainment. It was like Harvey Barnes versus Victor Osim, Osimhen. Um, he scored two goals in 18 minutes. And that last goal, that, that last goal was phenomenal. The interplay, um, the, the fact that he knew there was an on-rushing goalkeeper and he just kind of toe-poked it over him. I mean, Victor Osimhen, he's already got 12 goals for Napoli. And I don't even think he's been given the proper chance to like showcase himself there but he's already only six off the 18 goals he scored for Lille before Napoli bought him for what? 70 million euros. That was only a year ago, 70 million euros, but he showed that he can, he can dominate a game if he wants to. It's just a matter of, can he do it consistently moving forward? And for Napoli, I don't know. They look pretty good this year. They look fun. I I agree with you. I agree with you putting that ton of that pressure on him. He is 22 though. Uh, but I, 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 I think he'll have. I think he'll justify these funds this season, though, because like he, he, he seemed very focused in that game and very determined. And that goal did did show a lot of awareness and skill that you were mentioning. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for him. I mean, the uh, bigger, the bigger question I have there is how the hell is Leal still in financial purgatory? When they got seventy million a year ago for Victor Osimhen, you know, I, I and then compound that with the Nicolas Pepe a year prior to that, and I, I'm just sitting here going, man, what are they doing with us, right? I, um, I agree. It, I think Corona did affect them a lot, Lil. I didn't. Even, I even saw news that they wanted to sell Knatsunch for half the price, that's or true. like twenty-five million or thirty million. Like considering after the Euros. Any top team would would keep that player, and they'll ask a hundred million. <laughs> but I know I do understand the financial situation. But and you are right; something must be happening there. And Luis Kamp is a genius. He left Lille. Yeah. Okay, he left Lille, so he must be he must be like I've been all doing all these decisions, and enough, enough. So I'm going to talk about a team though that did didn't do the right decisions to in French league, just like Lille. That is Monaco. Uh, Monaco, they were doing all the right calls, investing in the youth, and all of a sudden they have this dip that I feel is going to happen with Lille too. And now Monaco is building back up, and they have Matazu, okay, that I'm going to highlight, a 19-year-old, okay, very nice midfielder, okay, which is playing next to the captain, which is a stud, and I'm always mentioning him being a stud, and that's Chouameni. Mm-hmm. And he's so young, already the captain. And then you have Pavlovich at center back at the back. So I'm seeing Monaco and what they're doing here in the Europa League front. And I'm seeing something very nice. Mm-hmm. So the project is there. They're thinking on the future. 
And yeah, watch out. Matazu, Pavlovich, and obviously Chuameni. Yeah, and and you can even add Fofana in there because I mean that, yeah. that that depth that he's I only think twenty three as well or twenty two maybe, um, but Monaco yeah they, they've built. I don't know how long they're going to be able to hold on to Chuameni, but um, mm. what a, what a purchase that they made. I believe he was Bordeaux previously to that, um, and Matazo he's a Belgian kid. I think he's only nineteen. Um, to have that type of depth and and um, solidify it that early on. Um, for him to get that chance in the Europa League, that was pretty awesome. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I got to stay in Liga on, uh, or at least the teams, because one I've been watching, he hasn't been like lights out, but Malo Gusto, the right back for Lyon from their okay, from their yes. academy, he earned himself a European debut. They they shut out Rangers, who's, you know, they're, they're no slouches per se, but he's the second youngest player to feature in all European competition on that first match day. And uh, I, I thought, like, he's explosive, he's full of flair, um, he's getting, I mean, he, just like most of these modern-day attacking fullbacks, he's, he's got a lot of defensive work to do, um, but he is, he's been great for them, and this was probably his best game in a Lyon shirt. So, as, at an, as an 18-year-old, it would be nice to see Lyon get back to their roots of developing, right, instead of bringing in, like, journeymen and stuff. But you've got a lot there. Malagusto, they've held on to Awar. Awar? I always screw mm-hmm. up that name. Uh, Leon's got the ability to really build for the future. But, hey, that was a, a pretty good Malagusto, uh, you know, debut, uh, European debut, I should say. I mean, did you get to see any of him or no? I, di- I didn't see too much, I'll, I'll be honest. So, yeah. but it's yeah. that's, a ver- that's a good, I'll, I'll, I'll be taking notes on that because that's a player that I don't know too much. So, but for sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, I want to highlight my, my last player here, and it's a player that it's a Stadtren, okay? Because there was a big match, sure. big match in the Conference League. That was between Stadtren and Tottenham, which I don't mind to say, it was a wonder kid show over there. You had Brian Gill, okay? Then you had Dane Scarlett coming off the, br- the bench. You had Kamal Suleimana sure. uh, playing, for, play, playing for Rennes. And then... We have a 16-year-old. Okay, he played a minute. But <laughs> I want to say about this landmark. And he became the youngest player to play for Stadtren, surpassing Kamavinga. There you go. Kamavinga. This kid is from 2005. Okay, and he's playing European competitions. 16-year-old Matthias Tis. Matthias Tis. Hi, sorry. Yeah. Matisse. Tell. Tell. Matisse Tell. But they're, they're, they also Sorry. have been playing that Leslie, I can't say his last name, but Ugo I'm We're butchering. But so, so many youngsters yeah. in this match. Like, I was expecting to see the Tottenham youngsters, but then I'm surprised with even more youngsters at the Stadtren. Yeah, not, not, afraid to, not afraid to throw them into the mix, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it's, it's a good shot. I think Stad, well, Liga own. Let, let's just go back to, to them being the, uh, the, the factory of Wonder Kids because it, we just talked about, what, four League One teams in a row? Monaco, mm-hmm. you know, we, we haven't even scraped the surface of other ones, but uh, Ren as well. Um, I, I, I really like it. I like what's going on. But I am going to, uh, you know me, I have a soft spot for Denmark. I have since the Euros. I had previously to the whole Christian Eriksen thing. Um, and we obviously hope his recovery uh, continues to be uh, as good as it seems it is. 
Um, but I got to bring up Jonas, Jonas Vind. Okay. Have you seen, I mean, he plays for FC Copenhagen. Um, he had two goals for, I think, yeah, two goals versus Bratislava midweek, but this kid, he's got seven goals in the last 10 starts. He's got 42 goals, 23 assists in a hundred overall games for Copenhagen. Okay. And he's got four goals and five starts for Denmark. Somehow he remains in the Superliga when I believe he's, already matured beyond that at 22 years old if Jesper Lindstrom gets a move to the Bundesliga if Anders Dreyer gets a move to Ruben Kazan in the Russian whatever and then scores a hat trick on his debut if Mohamed Deremi and Kudus goes to Ajax somebody needs to pick up Jonas Wind okay because that is absolutely unbelievable numbers even if it's the Superliga and Europa League I don't care I mean that pretty good stuff right 22 year old right 22 year old playing at Copenhagen he's playing as striker right I remember seeing him as as a winger too Mm -hmm. so we're getting a player here that can adapt to so Jonas Vinch in this Denmark team like all my days they they Danish people must be being hyped okay because football and Denmark is looking really nice you have a you have a good 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 group of players there and I didn't even mention Mikkel, uh, Mikkel Damsgaard or, you know, Andreas Skov Olsen. There's, there's just a lot of good talent there. And we'll see if they can develop it. They got to get the right yeah. places. That's for sure. Um, that's for sure. So if there's any players that we didn't mention in European competitions that you feel should be mentioned, please go down below and put it in the comment sections because we'll answer and we'll love to see it. Like, absolutely love to see those comments. Sure. Uh, next topic is you, Fleek, because we want to know who are the next Wonder Kids that you're going to see in those big competitions. And the you, Fleek, is the stage to see. Yeah. And we really recommend it. So, any players you want to mention as a start here in the you, Fleek? Well, I mean, I, I, I think you set the stage nicely because... You, you have to think about Viertz, well, maybe not Viertz, but uh, guys like Gio Reyna, okay? Malo Gusto, who we just talked about. These guys actually cut their teeth in the youth league, and it's become a very, very important avenue, obviously, because it's like the road under. It's basically if uh, Inter is playing a team in the group stages, they're going to play the exact same team in the youth league. Mm-hmm. And it makes it pretty awesome because it's like a wonder kid version of the Champions League. So anyway... I think we got 10 for them, right? I'll do five, you do five. Um, and I got to start probably with the most most prolific of the bunch. And that's a guy that you don't hear about much uh, unless it's Liam Delap or it's uh, Romeo Lavia from <laughs> Manchester City. I got to bring up James McAtee though. Okay, James okay. McAtee had two goals and an assist versus RB Leipzig to start. Not only that, the kid is a... I think he's the Premier League two leader in goals, which is kind of ridiculous to do at 18 years old. Playing in Man City, right? Yeah, Manchester City, yep. So James McAtee, Manchester City, 12 goals, three assists in his last six games. Peak finisher, uh, knows how to leverage his pace. I've seen really like the hardest knock on him is that he doesn't do defensive pressing or much of it. Aside from that, if you're scoring 12 goals in six games, I don't care at what level, you've got other tools that you can uh, certainly leverage to uh, to move up. So C- Manchester City, I think, is locked down Liam Delap, and they not they locked down uh, Cole Palmer to new long-term mm-hmm. contracts recently. I would be very surprised 
if James McAtee doesn't get himself a long-term contract in the near future. It's just whether or not there's actually an avenue in a, I don't know, in a squad that actually needs a striker or needs somebody. It's it's very hard. It's very hard. And even Samuel Edozi, he must be thinking like he wants to stay in that team at Man City. Like it's it's very hard. Like if I'm going to mention a, a player that is the opposition, the biggest rivals I see in terms of academy football, and that is Chelsea Academy. Yeah. And um, I'm going to mention Harvey Vale. Nice. Okay, I saw the game against Zenit, and he impressed me so much with that goal and the assist. Okay, yeah. it's not it's uh, he scored a penalty. Okay, but like it's the overall way he played. Okay, he's like he dictates the tempo. He does what he has to do. And then I'm seeing the Man City game, the under twenty three game, and he's scoring bangers. Yeah. Okay. So this eighteen year old at uh, at Chelsea, watch out, Harvey Vale. Okay. Yeah. Ma- uh, G- uh, maestro type beat, like good vision. Can score goals, so I expect to see Tuchel having a hand with Jude Bell and with Harvey Vale. I expect Tuchel to start start at least hand in a debut, a Chelsea debut in the Agreed. near future. Agreed, and I, I would even lump like a Charlie Webster in that in that trio there. But Harvey Vale, man, um, what I really really like about him, and I'm not I'm not comparing him to Messi in any way, shape, or form, but kind of this low center of, low center of gravity. Right mm-hmm. type of thing. He just bounces off tackles. Like he's strong enough. He's not a really big dude, but he's strong enough to just like take it and move mm-hmm. on and still kind of push on with with the play. So like you said, he's a maestro. Um, I know we're gonna get probably in the comments section the fact that Arsenal beat up on uh, on Chelsea's U twenty threes today. But like, hey, Harvey Vale oh. has shown repeatedly that he can do things. Arsenal's going to, Arsenal fans are going to come in and say, and here's your Arsenal positive for the week. <laughs> Charlie Patino is a baller. <laughs> Charlie Patino is a baller. Um, and is definitely one to watch there, but Harvey Vale in the youth league, which Patino doesn't have the luxury to play in the youth league. Um, definitely one to watch. And I'm going to give you one that's relatively similar to him. Maybe less of a maestro, more of a conductor. Wait, isn't that the same thing? Sorry. <laughs> But more of like a, a metronome, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edouard Mashu from PSG. Okay? okay. You know, everybody talks about Chavi, um, Chavi Simons uh, mm-hmm. for PSG. I mean, maybe even rightfully so, but more so because he went from Barca to PSG. Edouard Mashu is very similar, I think, in skill set to Harvey Vale. Okay. Yeah. A little more defensive, but less physical than Harvey Vale. Um, but he, his, his ball movement, I mean, he's like, bundles of energy, just a really, really good player. Um, I have seen and I agree with from what I've watched. Uh, it definitely shares some similarities to a very young Brescia, no, yeah, Brescia Marco Verratti, okay? okay. Um, so certainly one to watch there. And whether or not he can actually break, break through, I think he's already made his debut for PSG. I don't know if it was in a friendly or if it was he like... Did, he did. He okay. did. He did. Yeah. So he's, he's he did have the moment in which he was saying hi to Messi. And he he couldn't even believe himself, and like everybody was sharing it. Like, and to be fair, <laughs> who can blame him? Who can blame thing. him? Who can blame him? Uh, I'm gonna mention here a player that I've I didn't know in the past, and he plays in Benfica, and he came from Atalanta last season. Okay, and that is Sher Endur. Okay, he's a midfielder, extremely tall, uh, and he plays in the under 23s for Benfica. I think he's going to go to this youth league and absolutely dominate. All right. If you don't know about him, 
you will soon know. He's the type of player, I'm, this is going to be bold, Ahmad Diallo left Atalanta very shortly, mm -hmm. okay? I see Shea Endur as the same type of player in terms of ceiling. He is one of the best players already in Befica's academy. Shea Endur, midfielder, complete beast, Italian, okay? So like that's it. one to watch. But And next to Ronald Camara, okay? Yeah. That youth lead team, like Ronald Camara with Shea Endur, that's, that's nice. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I did see his name on the score sheet, not score sheet. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was the score sheet. I think today, um, mm -hmm. for uh, for Benfica B. So that's that's certainly uh, one yeah. I got to pay more attention to. Um, and and I feel I feel bad because I keep going back to Premier League teams, and I'd like to branch out more. But <laughs> I feel like Liverpool has to be talked about. You know, uh, Liverpool. We could talk about James Balagizi. We could talk about you know some other player uh, Oakley Cannonier, who actually was the mm -hmm. ball boy that gave Trent Alexander Arnold the ball before the fateful corner kick in that semifinal. Uh, but who I'm actually going to talk about is Cade Gordon. Okay. Kid is 16 years old and he had, uh, I think two goals, one assist already in the premier league two this season. He mm -hmm. can play all across the top. Um, but he played all 90 in the win versus AC Milan. Okay, so it's not really about his game there, but the fact that at 16 years old, he's starting for the U23, starting for the U19s, it doesn't matter. This this rise has prompted guys like Jordan Henderson to come out and even mm -hmm. uh, Thiago Alcantara to come out and basically say, mm, this kid's the Liverpool future. He's, he's pretty good, okay? And they were able to take advantage of Derby County. I mean, I think we all saw that yeah. Derby County, unfortunately, is uh, heading into administration. Um, and they obviously knew that last year because they were selling off players left and right. Well, Cade Gordon made the move over to Liverpool's academy, and he's already prompting a whole lot of superlatives uh, coming from teammates and coaches alike. So uh, he can play all across the top, but if you're watching Youth League, make sure you watch that name because this kid is 16 years old and doing well. So, like, that's a, such a good catch, though, right? That was yeah. a very good catch. Like. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Okay, so I'm going to highlight a player from Dortmund Academy, and that is a Swiss striker, and that is Bradley Fink. Like it. Uh, I love him. I've, I've, I've seen him play like for two years, especially with all the buzz with <laughs> Yusuf and Mokoko, yep. Like There was so much attention in Dortmund Academy. And I did see Bradley Fink, and I was surprised because – I'm not saying he's a Haaland type striker, but he's the he's very mobile, he's tall, yep. and he's got very good finishing. So, 18 years old, Dortmund prospect, he might be one of the top top goal scorers in the competition. Okay, yeah, so, if everything goes to plan. Sorry. So, you, so you basically just said he's baby Holland, right? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, he's he is years working. Young. He's yeah. working towards becoming baby Holland. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, he, but he's, yeah, he's, I think there's a plan too with Bradley Fink too. So, yeah. uh, I think Dortmund are, and there's the Ajax kid, the, the former Ajax yeah, yeah, kid, yeah. Julian, uh, Rykoff, Rykoff. exactly. Yes. So very high expectations with the striker position at, at Dortmund in the U. As, as always, right. I mean, they seem to always find, I don't <laughs> just really, really good, um, talent identification there and Rykoff, uh, Bradley Fink. And I'd even throw Samuel Bamba 
in there. Exactly. Um, just a solid. And we really want to see our guy, uh, Domdi, uh, Namdi Collins, get back to health. Not a striker, center back, just a phenomenal kid and a phenomenal prospect for them. And the English winger, uh, James Jitsons. Is it Jitsons? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie uh, Ingefino Gittens. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The English winger. He's very nice. He's 17. So th th that that's another player that we can see at Jaden Sancho 2.0. Yeah. That, that would <laughs> Coming be... from Man City. That would be nice. <laughs> so and, that, that's a yeah. crazy situation there. Well, I, I think I think it would be like remiss of us to not mention Shola Shoratire. Yeah. Uh, he already scored the match-winning goal in their opener. Um, and, and, and did what obviously uh, – I'm not going to put it on the feet of Cristiano Ronaldo, but obviously what United couldn't do it against young boys. The the young guys actually got it done against the young boys. Um, but we got to remember, like, Shola Shortiri, he's already made his debut. It wasn't that much, but he already made his debut. Um, and he's their reigning young player of the year. So he's already been named, essentially, next to the Rashfords of the world, Rooney's of the world, and um, uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, Mason Greenwood. Uh, and the kid's got like, it's just great with ball control, great retention, uh, the ability to conduct, uh, whether it's a counter or actually get back and, and, uh, organize a defense. And he's got, I think his, his best attribute is his technique. I mean, it's almost virtually flawless. It's like, it's just well above and beyond what you would expect from a kid his age. Um, and I know if you can maybe add like a little bulk to his frame, um, I honestly do believe he's one of the few, uh, well, not one of the few, there's, there's a lot in there, but short is almost a lock, uh, to mm -hmm. be a contributor for a United team moving forward. I, I, I hope Solskjaer, I if he does one thing, right. Uh, he starts to, uh, to pay more attention to short And I actually think he is, I think he is. Well, I, well, I have here the names of Man United players to watch uh, and Shola Shortar, I've got to admit, he's the one that gives more guarantees. Yeah. He is. He's the best technique-wise. And he is the only player I'd slot in to that Man United team if necessary. Because you got Charlie McNeil, goal scorer. Like, mm -hmm. goals, scores goals for fun. Mm -hmm. Marc Jurado, who come from Barcelona Academy. Complete player. Very nice. And you got Charlie Savage in the middle. Yeah. So, this Man United team is full of stars. But, uh, but Shola Shortire is the one. And you're completely right. He's the yeah. one that's ready to play first team well the most ready to play first team football yeah yeah, yeah. that is that is true so my final highlight is going to be Mateus Gonçalo okay of Sporting okay. I've seen him play like I'd say three four years and with the COVID outbreak it was it was very hard for players that are under 17 and under 19 because they stopped they just stopped yeah. and the fact that I'm seeing now Mateus Gonçalo a 17 year old playing in the youth league and balling out. Okay, he was playing really well. Mm -hmm. He's a cam that's playing on, pushing onto the wing. He's creating in the middle and he's, he's overall dictating at the tempo at, in that sporting team. So I loved it. Sporting isn't the team that is used, used to the youth league. Mm -hmm. So it's a big chance for these players to show themselves. And Matheus Gonçalves, I think he's going to be the future player of uh, one of the future players you'll see in the sporting team expect okay. expect to see him all right well speaking of future uh i know after we kind of ribbed on barcelona earlier um <laughs> we we do have to talk about their future because they, yeah. they have one thing 
Well, not one thing. I mean, La Mesia, I mean, come on, you know, like yeah. they, they can develop themselves a future. In fact, they already have a, a few, if they give them the chance, surefire stars. And they even brought in on some weird loan, the Yusuf Demir of the world um, that they could develop. And we've already seen some cool stuff. Well, I got one from Barcelona because the future is what you need to actually look at here. And it's a 17 year old center back, not the biggest guy, Arno Casas. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's probably Cautious. I don't know how to say that last name, but this kid's already shown he's a leader. He's worked his way up through. It was his uh, UEFA Youth League debut. Um, He's a distributor. Obviously, I feel like most of the center backs that come out of Barcelona uh, can actually distribute a ball. But the biggest thing that I think is is impressive about him is just the composure. As a 17-year-old, you're not supposed to be that nonchalant on the ball, but he is, Okay. Uh, and he's capable of quarterbacking a 4A forward, or he's capable, again, of, of making sure that they don't give up on the on, on the other end. Um, but he's the one that scored the goal that ended up beating Bayern. Actually, I think they won 2-zip. But he scored a goal in their win against Bayern and actually held what normally is a potent offense that Bayern provides, even for their U19s. Um, and, and the goal wasn't elegant. I mean, it was right place, right time. I think it banged in off his shin. So it's not like a, uh, a, a big uh, tool in his toolbox. Uh, but he is one that they highly regard moving forward. Although I believe he's lesser talked about than, say, the uh, Ilias Akumak and, and, and some of the others in that. Um, but Casas is a good center back, especially with a club that might need a center back in the future. Hmm. Um, one that they should probably pay attention to and, and likely are. Uh, oh, there you go. There you go. That's yeah, well. They should pay attention. That's for sure. But will they? <laughs> I can't. I, there's no guarantees with the club. You see. No. So, uh, any any more youth league players you want to mention that you uh, feel like we? Should? No, I, I think we might have done more than ten. And I I had Bradley Fink too. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure we're gonna have more as the uh, as the the competition progresses. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, it's for sure. And guys, comment down below if there's any player in the youth league that we missed out. Uh, and comment to it who you think is going to win it. Because it's always so difficult. Because you never can predict the youth league. So yeah. comment down below who do you think is going to win the UEFA youth league. Like it. So let's go to the last topic here. Sure. Let's do it. Um, last topic here is the Wonder Kids that we feel like should we didn't mention during the podcast and we have a slot here that we really feel like we should mention them. Yeah. And I'm going to start here with Kaiki. Okay. Kaiki just went to Man City. He's here. 17 year old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolute baller. What are your expectations on him? Cause I really think Guardiola might use him. You do. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would welcome that. Um, okay. do I actually think it's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, but, and I actually don't even know what happened to, who's the other one they signed? Meltinho. Meltinho. Yeah, he hasn't played yet, I believe, for uh, Troyes, correct? But um, I don't know. I I, I want to see more of him. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, what are your expectations for him? Because I got to deflect this question because I have no answer. <laughs> well, I'd say my expectations with Kaiki, maybe. It's, I would put him at the same table as Ahmad Diallo. Okay. Uh, Kaiki, the truth is, and you know, Kaiki, before even going to Man City, he's considered one of the best 18-year-olds in the world. I'd say it's, it's, there was even like a poll, I'd say, last year, who's the best 17-year-old, and Kaiki won it. 
So that's um, it may be a lone move, but considering that a striker didn't go to Man City, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think that maybe they could, or alone, or they'll decide to play him and give him a shot. Uh, a shot. But definitely the training, Guardiola will will have a will will have a look at him. We'll have a look at him for sure. Well, that, that but he isn't. Yeah, he's I mean, in the normal talent. He isn't any normal talent. Kevin. It's always a bit weird though when you uh, score six goals against Leipzig, and then you have trouble scoring against Southampton at the weekend, huh? Um, mm-hmm. may, maybe, maybe that will usher in uh, Kaiki's uh, <laughs> entrance. It's different styles of play, like when sure. you play in the Prem, yeah. it's always compact defense. Like yeah, Bundesliga I, against the Man City team, they'll just go all out against each other. That's true. So, that's true. And we, we got to actually in that Southampton game, we might as well say, hey, Valentino Libermento is, is proving yes. himself a very nice Premier League uh, right back. Um, and I say that completely off the cuff, but that was in, in the you know 60 or so minutes of the game I got to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to bring this up, and I know I should have brought it up in the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. You probably were watching it a little more than me, but Jean-Felix... I mean, he's getting his chance. He's coming back to health. That was such a crazy, and and I get it. I get it. The the referee was likely in the wrong in terms of all of that, but he he gets a chance to come on, make a difference this weekend uh, versus Bilbao. And 15 minutes later, he's sent off for two yellow cards in the span of two minutes. And it's just tough because you got to remain on the field to make the difference. And I don't know. Did he feel like the? Do you feel like the ref had it out for him? Or uh, look, it was weird. I do think like I don't like to go on top of Felix, but the truth is he revealed a bit of immaturity there. Okay. Because the ref clearly gave him gave him a yellow card. The ref clearly wasn't going with him. Yeah. Okay. They were. They was just going with him. Sometimes in life you just don't go with the people. Sure. Okay. And the ref wasn't going with Felix, and Felix says, "Tu es loco." Of course, mate, you're going to get that second yellow. So I'm going to put the blame on Felix. Okay, because I don't think the ref, I think, I think you shouldn't be saying that you're crazy to a ref. I don't even think that's the right, the right, the right, um, it's the immaturity. That's not the right decision to do, Felix. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I saw Simeone giving Felix a chance. Yeah, that's, it's true. And he does this. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm, I'm definitely with you there because because you, you can't help anybody from from the locker room. And uh, his his duty at that point in time, even if it was crappy refereeing, um, his duty at that time was to remain on the field so that he could help his players. And yeah. um, he didn't do that. So I just really wish this re-entry post-injury was going a little smoother for him because we all know that, you know, as you, as you said, it's not necessarily on the stat sheet, but he can change a game. And, uh, and, and I want to see that moving forward from him. So I'm still confident he will do that. Um, But I do, I do have to bring up uh, not really a wonder kid per se, but I was probably a little premature in stating Inter Milan's demise. Okay. Mm. Or this expectation that because, you know, all these massive pieces left, um, they were they were done, right? They've gotten, I mean, Jekko looks refreshed, right? Three yeah. goals for them. Lataro obviously is turning into a leader. Three goals. Mm-hmm. Scre- even 
center backs are getting into the mix, actually getting on the end of things. Two goals for Screeny R. Barella uh, mm-hmm. is just the conductor we all knew he'd be. Joaquin Correa, Federico DeMarco coming back on loan last year, actually getting a chance and being really, really good for Inter. Um, I know that they have stiffer tests ahead, but 15 goals scored, right, in their first few games. Mm-hmm. Only four given up. Here I was thinking Lukaku, you know, it's done, right? Uh, they just don't have any ability to get this done. Well, six goals against Bologna, six to one win. Um, they're they're really off to a dominant start. So we'll, we'll see if it continues. Um, but it, it's got to make you feel, I don't know. Uh, with, with Inter, uh, yeah. like with Inter, I'm more surprised about like the coach getting it through. That's like I, I wasn't even like Lukaku. Like of course, like Lukaku, Akimi leaving is like huge. But yeah. I was thinking, yeah, but without Conte, bye bye trophies. Sure. And no, doesn't seem like it. Like, like Inter will be in the contention. Inter yeah, will be in the contention. Yeah, I, I would. It's a nice mention, but. I have to mention here something I saw in the news yesterday, and it is Serie A related, and it's Don Hayola putting on the market Delict. Delict yeah. is on the market, guys. That's crazy. And I'm going to go bold here, and I have a prediction. Delict is going to Barcelona. Hmm. Delict is going to Barcelona. Right. Why do I think Barcelona are going to get Delict? Well, well, they have a big wage okay, gap there that they need to fill. And they are, need new stars, rejuvenated stars. And I do think the marketing-wise, the leaked Frankie De Jong, this general Dutch, Dutch, the the the, the Laranja mechanic, like we say here in Portugal, sure. um, is coming back. So I think Barcelona are going to snatch up the leaked in the next transfer market, and Kyle is already putting it in the market. That's right. my prediction here. I like it. So uh, the leaked De Jong. Yeah. The pie, the new trio, mm-hmm. the new Dutch trio. All right. Um, I mean, I, I, I could see it happening. I could see it happening. Um, now that's a, that's an interesting shout. I just so why was there a con a contract negotiation that like shut down? What was it? That, uh, it's basically I think the league's contract is in two years. Okay. It runs out, and the truth is he's not being talked a lot. Okay. The league isn't being talked a lot just like Ronaldo went to Juventus and his career went a bit down I'm seeing the same with the elite he may be improving defensively next to the Chiellini and Bonucci not disagreeing there but in terms of overall player mm-hmm. he's not he's not getting very noticed right now he's no, even not. shaved his hair and nobody knows it <laughs> the elite has shaved his hair guys more <laughs> more people notice that you lost your mustache <laughs> noticed his haircut that's crazy what is this world coming to uh, I, I don't I, I can tell you I think you might be able to start some sort of a marketing campaign for him if we really need to you know make sure people understand how good the league could be no I'm just kidding because all you got to do is you put the fervor that you put behind Nuno Mendes into the league and well yeah. if, if you ask me the world him. team the, the under 23 team I put the leaked in the center back and I put Loon Manch at the left. So I'm very happy about that. Well, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go a bit homer on this one and, and go to major league soccer because the uh ascendancy or the resurgence of this kid 
uh, has been really impressive. And uh, it's all been, he's come back from the Olympics. He was kind of listless previously. And I'm talking about Ezekiel Barco, okay? Who used to be on the radar of a lot of European clubs and likely still is now. But since he has returned from the Olympic Games for Argentina, he has six goals, five assists, and nine starts. And they've gotten eight wins and one draw out of those games. Okay. And he's really started to like take this Atlanta United team and lead them to the playoffs, which is coming up soon. And I know playoffs is kind of a weird thing for your Euro uh, uh, followers to, to, it, yeah. to understand, you know, you get that for like promotion, but you know, everything comes down to the playoffs in American, uh, every sport I should say, but Ezekiel Barco, I have a feeling it's not that surprising. This play is his understanding that it's a ticket to where he wants to be. And that's Europe. Okay. And, you know, like Almiron before him, like even uh, trying to think of the, the other, well, no, Almiron is really the only big mm-hmm. one to, to come out of there. Uh, Ezekiel Barco, he's, he's one that he's, he's got the ability to make it. I just don't necessarily know where. And Syria well, is probably my first thought process. But yeah, you have even George Bello, right? Coming out of that. So Atalanta. Yeah, you're looking good. So that was a nice podcast, right, Bretton? Like uh, we we mentioned the youth league that we've been promising nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. It's been done. (laughs) I'm tired. And and like I said, now I have to go take my my two year old and one year old to a a soccer game. And either they're going to cry because it's so loud or they're going to love the hell out of it. And. You know what? You know what would be the most devastating thing to me <laughs> is both of them grow awesome. up not liking football. Oh yeah! With all this that you're doing, if this happens, they'll even have it on tape. <sighs> okay, that you don't want that to happen. So, yeah, guys, here with UFC Wonder Kid episode twenty twenty two. Hope you guys enjoyed it and peace out. So long. <laughs>